Welcome to Rhonda NP's Menopause Guide Podcast with Rhonda Jolliffe, nurse practitioner, hormone expert, and menopause mentor. Balance your menopause experience with natural solutions and regain control to live the life you love. Let's get started. Hi, this is Chris Doctor. I'm your co-host for the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. And Rhonda will be out here in just a minute so we can get started. Hey, if this is your first time, welcome to our podcast. We're really happy that you're here. And if you've listened a few times, we really appreciate that you are listening. And we hope you're getting the information that you need for your perimenopause and menopause experience. We try our best to produce this podcast every week. If we mention anything of interest or we think is a great resource for you, we'll put those links and that information in what we call our show notes, which you can find at our website, rondanp.com. So today we're learning about bioidentical hormones. If this whole perimenopause and menopause thing is new to you, you may just be learning about the choices you need to consider as you travel on this road. So most women find all of this medical stuff a bit confusing, and let's be honest, it's slightly overwhelming. If your family history includes breast cancer, you've always been warned to stay away from hormone replacement therapy. But does no mean never? Well, Rhonda will touch on this topic and a lot of other great things in this episode. Today, Rhonda will help us understand when a woman needs hormone replacement therapy, exactly what bioidentical hormone replacement is, the pros and the cons, as well as how long you should stay on it, and what happens when you're done. Finally, she also talks about the research and the protective qualities of hormone replacement therapy, especially if you have a family history of Alzheimer's, osteoporosis, or heart disease. You'll want to check out episode 017, which is Uncovering the Right Tests for Menopause. You can find that episode along with a lot of other helpful information and other podcasts at rondanp.com. We also have a free ebook that we would love to share with you. It's called The Top 10 Solutions to Balance Your Hormones Naturally. You can also grab that right on our homepage. We know you'll find some quick ideas that you can start to implement to feel better right away. So come on, let's learn about bioidentical hormones with Rhonda. Let's get started. Today, we have a very important topic. We are talking about bioidentical hormones. Rhonda, can you tell our listener exactly what's going on during perimenopause and menopause with our hormones? Yeah, well, the whole menopausal thing really is because of the decrease in hormone production in our bodies. Now, progesterone will start decreasing at around age 35. But estrogen in most women won't start decreasing until they're in their probably mid-40s and even could be right around menopause where they'll keep their estrogen and then they'll take a really quick dive in estrogen. So you'll see this gradual decrease in progesterone and could be a gradual decrease in estrogen or it could be a really quick decrease in estrogen right at menopause, which the average age is right around 51. So what does that surge, increase, decrease due to a woman? What symptoms can happen during this time? Well, that's where all the symptoms of menopause start. So some women start to have those perimenopause symptoms right around the time when that progesterone starts to decline because they now have a lack of progesterone. So even though they might have enough estrogen still circulating around in their bodies, they're missing that progesterone, which creates that balance. 
I always talk about balance because the estrogen and progesterone need to be in balance. And so women that are, let's say 40, they might have a great amount of estrogen still. However, their progesterone is really low. And so they have this imbalance going on. And it's really the imbalance that create the symptoms. So the symptoms are that of many can be hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, uh, depression, anxiety, insomnia, that low libido, just not feeling yourself, kind of cranky, uh, brain fog type symptoms. Those can all be from an imbalance. You might have still enough estrogen, but you don't, you've got that lacking progesterone that starts in your mid thirties. So many women do start experiencing symptoms into their early forties. Some women are lucky enough that they don't, but when they look back, they're like, oh, maybe I was having some symptoms of menopause. So if you're a witch and you get to be more of a witch, maybe, <laughs> I mean, really, you would you characterize it as you just don't feel like yourself? So if you're a pretty steady person, then all of a sudden you're flying off the handle or you're crashing or crying or for no reason, that's probably an imbalance in hormones. Yeah, it really is. And one term that I hear a lot from my patients is, and sometimes they have a hard time even describing it, but it's irritability, uh, meaning that people just irritate you. And those people around you haven't changed. It's your changing, but you're not tolerating them as well. And so it's real irritable to others that you never used to. And that can be one of the very first symptoms that I hear a lot of. That makes a lot of sense. It really yeah, does. It does. We've, yeah. we've all been there. So if you choose with your healthcare practitioner to go down the path of hormone replacement, will you talk about what you recommend, what types of replacement you recommend? Okay. So I only replace if you're lacking hormones. So you might need progesterone in your 30s. I even have some women in their 20s on progesterone because they're lacking progesterone. So every woman's different. Uh, some women have very high testosterone levels at a very young age. Some women have low estrogen levels at a low age. So you only replace what you're lacking. That's the word replacement. So if you're going to do hormone replacement therapy, I would highly suggest getting testing done to see which ones you're lacking. Unless you're 55 or 60, we can assume that you're pretty much low in everything. But when you're in that perimenopause phase, you might have enough progesterone, you might have enough estrogen, but you're really low in testosterone, or you're really low in progesterone, and yet your estrogen is just fine. So you would want to replace, so more commonly, I might replace with just progesterone creams in the perimenopause phase because the estrogen and testosterone are fine. And then postmenopausally adding in some estrogen. And so keep in mind that changes over time. So progesterone can be very low in your mid thirties, but your estrogen might stay normal till you're in your early fifties. So everyone's different and that is the ticket here. It's really individualized care is what I like to call it and what I practice because not everybody's the same. And when you treat everyone the same, you don't get the greatest results. So if you are doing replacement, so you recommend bioidentical hormones. Can you talk about what those are exactly? So bioidentical are just like the 
name implies bio, meaning our bodies identical. And so that's the chemistry of a hormone that's the same as your body's production or chemistry of hormones. So bioidenticals replacing the hormone that you're lacking, that's exactly the same as what you're lacking versus some synthetic hormones that are not bioidentical, their chemistry is different. And so the most common one people think of is Premarin. Premarin comes from horse urine. The chemistry Ew. of that, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> can't say I've prescribed it too much in the last 20 years. So, but it comes from horse urine. This was the most common thing. And we took the estrogen out of the urine put it into a pill form, but the chemistry of a horse's estrogen is really different than ours, believe it or not. So some people call that natural hormones, but that's really not natural to me. I don't think uh, natural to a horse is natural to me. So the terms natural and bioidentical get a little confusing at times. I like to use the words, the term bioidentical because it is similar to your own body's chemistry. So does every practitioner who pres can prescribe hormone replacement therapy have the choice between bioidentical and synthetic? Everyone does have that choice. Is bioidentical prescribing more of a specialty, so not everyone does that? Yeah, everyone has the choice of bioidentical or synthetics hormone replacement. However, not every practitioner has been educated or has kind of moved into the bioidentical realm. And so a lot of practitioners out there now are getting special education on what that looks like. You know, what do we do in bioidentical hormone replacement? And so I, I remember back when I was first approached and I was approached by a compounding pharmacist and he, he said, hey, do you want to get into bioidentical hormone replacement? I'm like, sure. What is it? I had no idea because I had just come out of school and we hadn't learned that in school. And so this was 20 years ago. Now, a lot of things have changed since then in the prescribing, but really I look at bioidentical hormone replacement education for practitioners as really looking at a person more holistically. So really looking at this is just a piece of the pie, but lifestyle is so important for your body to even accept that hormone. If you have a healthier lifestyle, your body's going to accept the hormone and thus less risk. Now, the research that's out there, and it's very, very clear now at this point in time, and it wasn't probably 20 years ago, that oral estrogens, meaning taking them in pill form, can be dangerous and do lead to some side effects. So I never prescribe oral estrogens. They're always in a cream, a patch form, and they are bioidentical. And so they're just the safer. And as I said, research is becoming a lot more sophisticated. So it's pretty compelling now if you really do a lit search on bioidentical hormone replacement now. I'd have a hard time as a practitioner prescribing anything but that. What's the danger from the oral estrogens? What are the side effects? Well, the oral estrogens, first of all, the chemistry, some of the oral estrogens chemistry is not like your own bodies, not all of them. There is some that are like your own bodies, which is a 17 beta estradiol. However, when you swallow a pill, a pill has to go through, absorbed through your GI system, goes through your liver and goes through your kidneys. Estrogens are hard to be metabolized through the liver. So when you put on a cream 
the estrogen can be processed so much better, it goes directly to the tissue. So it doesn't have to hit through that liver system. And it's when it hits that liver system that we see more side effects. Like what? I'm just curious what, like, the, what the side effects are. You might not know. You might not know. Okay, okay. So you might get headaches. You might get some of the symptoms you might have immediately are headaches, more nausea, just not feeling as good, maybe more hot flashes because your body's not metabolizing it correctly. So it's really about how your body metabolizes estrogens. And But long-term, it does put you at increased risk for blood clots, breast cancer, and does not protect your bones as well as those that do not have to go through the liver system. I know that's really confusing. There's a lot of chemistry involved. There's a lot of metabolic understanding that is really difficult for the lay person. Well, of course, and that's why we trust and, and rely on our healthcare practitioners. But I think it's important that women understand there are choices b- between synthetic and bioidentical because that term really isn't as widespread as we would like it to be at this point. Yeah, the first time I heard it 20 years ago, which that's a long time ago. So it has been around for a long time because it was even around probably 10 years prior to that. So it's been around 30 years. But if you look at medicine in general, when things are discovered or started, it's sometimes between 30 and 50 years before it actually becomes a guideline in practice, which is really sad. You know, there's been research on this for years. In fact, some of the research that I have is in the early 90s and even late 80s. So it's not like this is such a new thing. It's just it takes a while for this to become practice. Now, when I first started, I can tell you there were very few practitioners around the country prescribing them in compares to what there is today. The last hormone replacement conference that I went to, national conference I went to, there were thousands in the room. And the first ones that I went to, there was 30 to 40 people. So there's so many more that are prescribing and there's so many more compounding pharmacies as well. So Um, let's talk a little about that compounding pharmacy. What exactly is that and how would a consumer know that or where should she go? Yeah, the compounding pharmacists, they're the ones that actually make the bioidentical hormone. So they do not come from a drug company. So not every pharmacy is a compounding pharmacist. There is a group called PCCA that actually is the compounding pharmacy organization that members belong to. And that's probably where I would go through if you were looking for a compounding pharmacist. And if you look for a compounding pharmacist, they actually have the list of doctors that prescribe compounding. So that's a great place to start if you're in an area and you don't have a clue which doctors would actually want to prescribe um, bioidentical hormones, starting with a compounding pharmacist is a great place to start. That's great information. I'll put that in the show notes, the link to the PCCA, so uh, our listeners can check that out. That'd be great. Yeah. So what else should a woman ask her healthcare practitioner before she begins using bioidentical hormones? So the healthcare practitioner really should be looking at her medical history and family history because there's certainly things, even though it's bioidentical and it's much safer, uh, there still can be risk, although few. There's many reasons why women get breast cancer beyond hormone replacement therapy. However, we seem to think that hormone replacement therapy is the culprit or the cause of breast cancer, when in reality, it's more genetic and environmental 
that is causing breast cancer these days. So bioidentical hormone, I do prescribe for those that have a risk for breast cancer, although real cautious with that and probably a really low dose. But the research really says that it is safe. With that said, I'm really cautious about people that have an unhealthy lifestyle putting hormone replacement on them no matter what form they are. So I really like to work with women getting a healthy lifestyle, cutting out the sugar, managing your stress, a regular exercise program, a nice diet of healthy fruits and vegetables. And those lifestyle things are really going to help your bodies produce and metabolize those estrogens so much better. That's good. So if someone's on bioidentical hormone replacement, how long will she stay on that? Of course, it's probably going to vary, but it, typically, what do you see that? How long do you see? That's such a great question because the guidelines or standards of hormone replacement therapy right now are, we know, according to the research on breast cancer, that your risk goes up after you've been on it five years. So most practitioners are saying, okay, you hit the five-year five mark, we're taking you off hormone replacement. However, that's not always beneficial to everybody. And I actually just saw a patient the other day that this was so true. It was her five years was up. Uh, she went off her hormone replacement therapy and all of her symptoms came back and she was miserable. So it becomes this decision between your healthcare provider and you to decide what's the risk and what's the benefit. This lady has no risk for breast cancer that is known. She's got a healthy lifestyle. She's a, a nice weight. She exercises regularly, eats well, has a very positive attitude, doesn't have a lot of stress. And so her risk factors are much lower than that of a smoker that has a family history of breast cancer, does not eat a healthy diet, is overweight, and not exercising. So you sit down with your healthcare provider and you look at your risk factors and your benefits and what is your risk-to-benefit ratio. And in this gal that I was talking about, obviously, her benefit of way outweighed her risk because she hardly had any risk. And her benefit was that her brain could function and she was an accountant and she needed her brain back. She needed her life back, her moods, her sex drive, her energy, sleeping, hot flashes, all of that. She didn't like how she felt. And so your benefit, you have to really weigh that out, your risk to benefit ratio. And so just trying it and seeing how you feel, you feel that much better. Who wants to live a life of misery in the fear of breast cancer, that may never happen. So if you do all the other things to prevent breast cancer, starting some hormone replacement therapy to help you feel better might change your life in general. So that answers the how long you stay on it. Is there a point in time where you can stop? Is there a certain age that you stop? Or do you stop and you see how you feel and you might jump back on? Or is it is a constant dance? I mean, that's something we really don't think about because at this point, we're just trying to figure out, do we need it? We're not looking down the road to say, okay, when I stop, or maybe we are. So mm -hmm. is there a rule of thumb for that? Really? There's not. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I it's not that easy. You know, it really is an individualized thing. Some of the research that I'm really interested in seeing come out is hormone replacement and Alzheimer's, because mm -hmm. there's so many people that have this risk of Alzheimer's. And if hormone replacement can be a protective of that, why not stay on it? You know, if you have, a, if you don't have any 
issues with breast cancer, any cancers in your family. So I just had this conversation with a patient the other day. Her grandmother onset of Alzheimer's was in her 60s. Her mother onset was in her 60s. And her sister was having some early signs right in her 60s as well. And she's now in her 50s wondering what she can do to prevent. Now, this might be something you want to consider. I think the research is probably going to be in favor of it as time goes on, especially uh, if we can get some research on the bioidentical hormone. Very good. Very good. So I will make sure we just did a podcast on testing, which I'll put in the show notes if the person listening to this is just finding us or didn't know about the other one, because I think this episode and that episode go hand in hand in terms of understanding what types of tests your practitioner may do uh, if you're considering bioidentical hormone replacement. Is there anything else, Rhonda, that you think is of note as she considers bioidentical hormones? Yeah, absolutely. Again, it becomes your family history and your personal history. So osteoporosis, if you have a strong history of osteoporosis, your grandmother, your mother, and you have osteopenia, hormone replacement actually protects your bones and it helps build bone. So that might be something that you really want to consider. Same with heart disease. We know the research shows very clearly that it does protect the heart, uh, that hormone replacement protects the heart. So if your family is dying of heart disease at very young ages, you may want to consider hormone replacement for that. Now keep in mind, the research so far suggests that to protect your heart, you want to get on hormone replacement therapy in the first couple years of menopause as it becomes more effective the earlier you start it. Great, good answer. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we look forward to hearing you on the next podcast. Okay, thanks. Thanks for joining the Menopause Guide podcast with Rhonda NP. You'll find the show notes and other valuable information at our website, rhondanp.com. Don't worry about this menopause thing. You've got this.